Um, good morning, everybody. So good to see you all. Brilliant to be together this morning. Um, we're going to have a great morning together, and uh, I hope you're expectant. Anything could happen yes. at any moment, because God is here, which is wonderful. So um, this morning, I am finishing off our series, looking at our culture. We have spent the last five weeks unpacking our culture as a church. In other words, who do we want to be on the journey of doing everything God's called us to. So we've got a vision, we believe God's spoken about, where we're going and what, what we feel like he's spoken to us about in terms of what we're going to achieve and how we're going to impact. And every so often we set goals to take next steps. Well, our culture is who do we want to be as we journey towards the stuff God's called us to. And uh, uh, I'm going to get super practical this morning, but before I do, I want us to pray for each other. Okay, so I want you to, if you feel comfortable doing so, just put a hand on the shoulder of the person next to you. And this is specifically I want you to, what, you want, what I want you to pray. I want you to pray that God would give that person personal vision for living the culture. Okay, so I want you to pray and ask God to get hold of their heart and get them excited about living the culture that we're going after as a church family. So let's go for that. Just spend a couple of minutes. Yeah, Father, would you come? and stir our hearts to live this culture. Father, put vision in us for it, I pray. Come and do it, Father. Come and speak to us. Come and envision us. Come and excite us. Give us grace to live what you've called us to live, to be the people you've called us to be. We ask it in Jesus' name. Everybody said, Amen. Well, let me just quickly recap what we've been looking at over the last five weeks. So these are our five cultural values, particularly it's going to be good for you if you're visiting us this morning, but good for us to remember as well. First of all, because shame is broken, we're wanting to live with authenticity. We want to take our masks off and show people who we really are. Because we're made in the image of God, we want to live with honor. We want to honor him, honor ourselves, and honor other people. Because nothing is impossible for God, we want to live with courage and do stuff that we couldn't do if God didn't break in and see what he will do through us. Because we're unconditionally loved by God, we want to live with acceptance for everybody, accepting everybody and anybody. And because Jesus paid it all, we can live with radical generosity. And that is what we're going after. And as I said, I want to get super practical today and super personal and look at how we live this stuff out in our lives. Because the truth is, it's easy to think that we're living the culture because we're part of a church that's defined its culture. And we come along on a Sunday, and we go along to a group, or we're part of a serving team, and it's easy to think we're living the culture by association. You know, I love the King's Arms, and I'm totally behind the culture, I totally agree with the culture, tick, I am therefore living the culture. Well, I just want to say this morning, it's not as easy as that. Actually, living the culture takes much more intentionality than just being part of a church that has defined its culture. Because the truth is, the culture that we are going after as a church family, the only way that we are going to go after culture, uh, honor, courage, generosity, authenticity, acceptance, the only way we're going to see that modeled corporately as a we is if we individually and personally embrace courage, generosity, acceptance, authenticity, and courage. What we achieve together when we gather on Sundays in our groups, in our serving teams, will be a representation of us individually taking hold of the culture and living it and embracing it and being intentional with it. So we've got to get the culture in us and live 
in this way, with generosity, courage, authenticity, acceptance, and honor. And so I just want to be very practical, give you three very simple, this is not going to be rocket science, hope you weren't expecting rocket science this morning, three very simple ways that we can live the culture and step into all that God's called us to. So are you ready? First of all, very simply, if we're going to live the culture, we've got to remember what it is. Okay? I know, it's, I know it sounds simple, but we've actually, if we're going to live the culture out, we actually need to remember it. And uh, I was um, with a, a group of friends a couple of weeks ago now, a few people in the church who I'm gathering every so often who are leaders and who I'm investing in a little bit. And because we have been talking through the culture as a church, I thought it would be great for us to ask each other some questions about the culture and apply it. So I said to them, right, guys, what we're going to do is we're going to answer a couple of questions about culture. And we're going to answer, first of all, we're going to answer which part of the culture do you think you're doing really well in at the moment? Which one have you taken steps in? You think, yeah, I've really taken steps in doing that particular area of the culture, and we're going to celebrate it. And I said, also, I want us to answer the question, which part of the culture do you feel like the Holy Spirit is nudging you to take more steps in in this next season? Which area of the culture does he want you to grow in and be more intentional about? So that's what we're going to answer. So I laid it out for the group, and we were about to get going. One of the people in our group said, hang on a minute, hang on a minute, everyone. Before we get going, I just need to remember what is our culture. She sat there, and she said, okay, we've got to list off the culture, because I know we've talked it through, but let me just get clear. What is actually the culture we're going after? And so we kind of laughed about it and went through it together. A guy in the group, Ollie Macbeth, those of you who know him, said to me, well, I've, worked with the, I've been working with the first letters of each of the cultural values to see if I can work out an acronym that would help us to remember, help me to remember. He said he, he had a variety of different options. Some of them didn't make any sense at all. And then he said, my favorite one is Gatcha. He said, it's kind of like Getcha. The culture's going to getcha, but it's the culture's going to gatcha. G-A-C-H-A. Generosity, authenticity, courage, honor, acceptance. I thought it was genius. Genius, Ollie Macbeth. Now, listen, this is not the official King's Arms acronym for remembering the culture, but if you want to use the culture's going to getcha when you're thinking, what am I meant to be doing, feel totally free. Um, It doesn't matter to me how you remember our culture. The key is that we remember it. We've got to remember the way that we're trying to live. You might want to take the first letters of the words and come up with a different acronym and Work out your own way of remembering. You might want to write the cultural values on a piece of paper and stick them on the dashboard in your car so that they're in your face. You might want to write them on the mirror so that you see them every morning. You know, I think, actually, I've got a brilliant idea. Is PJ in the room? Is he he hiding? He's hiding. He's not come in. He knew what I did this morning. We're going to stitch him up. I, I actually think the best way we could probably remember the culture is if PJ perhaps did a rap. And maybe, maybe we recorded the rap and put it on YouTube. I don't know if... How many people think that would really help you? Yeah, I think that's quite a good number. Okay. I can't believe he's not here again. What has happened? He's find a, found a pastoral thing to go and do. Anyway, he knows I've suggested it. We'll try and convince him. I'm not totally sure that he'll go for it. But anyway, the point is this. We've got to remember our culture. So find a way that will help you remember who you're trying to be on the journey. First of all, remember it. Okay, second thing, second second way we're going to live our culture is I believe we've got to get vision for it personally. It's not enough just to hear vision from the front. We have got to get vision for living this way personally. And uh, over the past five weeks, we've heard brilliant teaching about our culture 
and why biblically we believe we want to go after this and live this way. And we've heard brilliant stories of people living the culture inside and outside the church. I don't know about you, but I found it really inspiring and encouraging. But I want to tell you this. If we embrace our culture because people from a platform tell us it's a good idea, if we are externally motivated, in other words, we will see some life change, but we won't see it over the long haul. We will be able to perhaps change our behavior for a little while to embrace the different bits of culture. But unless it's in us, unless we are personally convinced, I am convinced I want to live with honor and generosity and courage and authenticity and acceptance because I know it makes me more like Jesus, because I know it's going to bring fruit and breakthrough. Unless you're personally convinced on the inside, you won't see change in your behavior over the long haul. It's two very different things to hear truth from the front and be encouraged and get it in your heart and convicted, this is how I want to live because I've got personal vision for it. If you want to turn there, I'm going to look at Luke chapter 6. And uh, this is part of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. It's part of what he said very early on in his ministry. Just one, just one section of what he said. But if you look at Luke 6 verse 43, it says this. A good tree can't produce bad fruit. And a bad tree can't produce good fruit. A tree is identified by its fruit. Figs are never gathered from thorn bushes, and grapes are not picked from bramble bushes. A good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart, and an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. What you say flows out from what is in your heart. In other words, whatever is going on inside of us is what is going to flow out of us to impact the world around us. What that means when it comes to our culture is if we want to live with courage and authenticity and acceptance and generosity and honor, we have got to get personally convinced on the inside that that is how we want to live. Because whatever's going on inside of us will naturally flow out of us to impact the world around us. I remember... Many years ago now, when, before we had this building, we used to meet in a school called Day Malice. Did it, who was here when we were in Day Malice days? Okay, so many of you won't, won't, uh, have been, won't have experienced this. You might have heard the story. But I remember one particular Sunday when Simon got up at the front and was very courageous in taking off his mask and telling us, being authentic about a situation he'd just been through in America, where he'd gone through some prayer ministry uh, by a lady called Diane and a guy called Brother Nelson. And I, sat, I was sitting there, I remember him standing up and telling us the story of how he had got massively set free from spiritual oppression uh, as this guy, Brother Nelson, prayed for him, and it was to do with self-reliance. And Simon made a very courageous decision to choose authenticity in that moment. Now, I had never, ever heard a leader ever before talk about getting internal freedom. I'd never heard anyone talk about needing freedom or spiritual oppression and being delivered of that. And what's interesting is I'd been part of the church for quite a while up to this point, and I'd been leading in various different capacities. And honestly, I had, I had been thinking for a while, I think I need some freedom. Something wasn't quite right on the inside of me, and I thought, I think I need some freedom. But... Honestly, what I thought was, because I'm a leader, I shouldn't need to be free. I shouldn't need to get free. I should be sorted already because I'm leading. And so I should just squish it all down and keep my mask firmly in place and just pretend everything's okay. Now, that morning when Simon shared about what had happened to him in America, I saw 
something different about him. I saw that he'd got some freedom. In that moment, I became personally convinced about the power of authenticity. I became personally convinced that authenticity is a really good thing because I saw the change in Simon. And when he offered at the end of the meeting, he said, anyone here, if you think you need freedom too, stand to your feet. I mean, so many of us stood to... I think we were all just gagging for freedom, but we didn't know we were allowed it. Many of us just stood to our feet around the room. I chose authenticity in that moment to take my mask off and say, yeah, I need freedom. And I got prayed for by someone and very quickly got set free myself from some spiritual oppression uh, around the fear of death. And it was massive. It was huge. It was a really significant moment. I got convinced in that moment about the benefit of choosing authenticity. I, I realized I want to live authentically because I've seen the fruit in Simon and I've now I've just experienced the fruit in me. This is so important. How about you? Are you convinced about the importance and the power of authenticity in your life? Have you got vision for it? Do you really believe that when... The Bible says if we walk in the light as he is in the light, that is the best place for us to be because that is where we get freedom. That is where we receive forgiveness. That is where our breakthrough is. Are you convinced personally? Because if you are, you will take your mask off and you will pursue authenticity. If you're not, even though you're in a church that has a culture of authenticity, your mask will stay firmly in place. Another time, I was on a, a trip. I was um, uh, going to Durban in South Africa for a ministry trip. And um, I was going with Julian Adams. Some of you may well know Julian Adams. And we were going to be speaking together at this conference. And to be honest, I was really petrified because this was my first ever overseas trip and my first ever conference I was going to speak at. And I knew Julian did it, like he'd done it loads before, and this, he'd, done, he'd done it many times, very experienced, and I felt totally out of my depth. And I remember going on this trip, and it came to my first session that I was going to be speaking at, and Julian got up and started to introduce me. And it was the kind of introduction that got awkward uh, very quickly, as he began to describe me in a way that I could not recognize it was me. So he said, this is Wendy Mann, she's got a really incredible teaching gift, and uh, she's called to impact the nations, and you are going to receive breakthrough as she comes up to speak this morning, and he went on and on and on about how amazing and how gifted I was, and I was like, oh my gosh, don't say too much, I'm going to have to live up to this massive expectation, and sitting there thinking, I don't, I, you obviously see stuff in me that I do not see. Anyway, that morning I got convinced about the power of honor, because I stood up to speak, and I operated in my gift in a level and in a way I never had done before. Stuff was pulled out of me I didn't even know was in me. Why? Because honor releases life. That's what the Bible says. And Julian had got up there and honored me with his words. And with his words, he'd created a massive space for me to operate in, which meant when I got up to speak, even though I thought I was like this, I operated in this kind of way. And my gift was pulled out of me. I got convinced about the power of honor that morning, about the power of our words to bring breakthrough, to bring life, to set people up for success. In that moment, I realized honor is hugely powerful. How about you? Have you got personal vision for the power of honor? Have you been convinced by what the Bible teaches about honoring God, honoring yourself, honoring other people? Do the words that you speak about yourself and others show that you carry vision for honor? It's hugely powerful.
What about generosity? Are you convinced about God's generosity to you? Is your brain blown by the fact that he gave Jesus? He gave everything for you, which means that because you can't ever outgive God, you can be radically generous with anything and everything you have because he knows exactly what you need. Are you living with that faith of, well, I can't outgive God, so I can just give. I can be radically generous with everything I've got because he knows exactly what I need. Are you living with a sense of faith that every time you are generous, you represent something of Jesus to the person that you're being generous to? Is that in you? Do you believe that's what's happening? What about courage and acceptance? How convinced are we that these are the best ways for us to live? Are you convinced on the inside of you? Have you got vision for it personally? And the truth is, our cultural values aren't just words we plucked out of the sky that tell us nice ways to behave. Do you know, the truth is that when we fully embrace our culture and it really gets in us and it flows out of us, the truth is it actually makes us more like Jesus. That's got to be the ultimate vision and reason why you want to embrace this culture. It makes you more like Jesus. And it represents Jesus. You then represent Jesus to the world around you as you live out the culture. So, we've got to remember it. Culture's going to gacha, or your equivalent. You've got to get vision for it personally. And then thirdly, you've got to live it. You've just got to live the culture. You've got to choose to live the culture. And, you know, our culture is being lived out in amazing ways across our church community. It's just amazing to hear stories, story after story of how God is using people to live the culture both here but also in their places of influence. And, you know, what I find interesting is that getting vision for our culture personally and living the culture are actually two sides of the same coin. So you don't have to wait until you have got complete vision for the culture in order to live it. Actually, what happens is, when you choose to live the culture, even if you're not fully convinced about it, you end up seeing the fruit of what happens when you live it, and then that gives you vision for it. So they actually both feed into each other. When we get vision for the culture, we live it. When we live the culture, we see the fruit, and we get vision for it. They feed into each other. And the best place for us to start practicing living our culture is here, with our King's Arms family. When we gather on Sundays, in our groups, in our serving teams, when we're hanging out with friends from the King's Arms, this is the best place for us to practice our culture. Why? Because we're all going after the same thing. We're all going after the same thing. So we can all have each other's backs and encourage each other. I remember um, a while ago, uh, a student at TSM, our Training for Supernatural Ministry School, um, came to me and confessed something to me that she'd only ever told her husband before. Uh, she chose to be incredibly courageous in being authentic and to take off, take off her mask and step into the light. You know, TSM is a great place to practice authenticity. Why? Because we're going after the same thing. We're all going after the same culture. So when she took her mask off with me, she was met with complete and utter acceptance and love. There was not a hint of judgment because... I want to go after, I, I value authenticity and I want to be accepting. When you're accepting, you release people to be authentic. I was able to encourage her because I realized how courageous she'd been in telling me the fact that she had um, had an abortion at quite an early age. That was what she confessed to me. 
I knew it had taken loads of courage, so I just was able to encourage her, just say, you've done so well, well done for taking your mask off, I know that took courage, well done, you are going to step into freedom because you have stepped into the light, it's going to be awesome. I was also able to honour her and say to her, look, you are not what you did, you are a beloved daughter of God because of Jesus. Did it still cost her to tell me? Of course it did. It took incredible courage for her to tell me. But it's a brilliant place to practice because we're all after the same culture. We're all going after the same thing. So the best place for us to practice our culture is with our church family. And as we do that, as we practice our culture with each other, we will see the fruit of it. And God will take vision for it, the roots of, in our hearts for vision as to why we want to live this way, to a deeper place. And when that happens, when, when Jesus takes the roots deeper, that desire to live this way, deeper in our hearts, then we are then more likely to be able to live our culture when we're in our families or in our workplaces where people aren't going in the same direction as us, where the culture is actually completely different. If we practice here, we're going to build up some resilience to be able to take it out there into our workplaces, our families, just as we're going about our everyday lives. And I tell you what, I wish I could tell you all the stories I hear of people who are courageously bringing the culture where they're at. It is amazing. Workplaces are literally being transformed as people are embracing honor and authenticity and acceptance, generosity, courage. It is amazing. I just want to share a couple of stories with you before I'm going to get us actually answering some questions together. So sorry, I should have warned you at the beginning. I'm going to actually get you to think this morning. Um, so, and you're actually going to talk with each other in a minute to answer a couple of questions. But let these stories inspire you. A lady in our church is a dentist. And she was working for a dentistry which were having a, a tough time. Morale was very low. And so she decided, I'm going to bring the culture of honor and generosity into my workplace. And this is what she says. As a practice team, we were under tremendous pressure Staff morale was low, and we had high staff turnover as a result. I heard an inspirational talk at a conference on changing culture by a former MI6 director who's a Christian about how he set the tone in the Ministry of Defense and led by example from the top down. So I decided to plant a seed of good heavenly culture into my workplace. I bought a box of 144 thank you cards, arranged dinner for the team, and wrote each attendee a card of encouragement. I secretly paid for them in advance so they couldn't argue about it. I bought the manager flowers when she had a bad day. I invested as much time and effort as I could to train a 17-year-old trainee nurse, first and foremost with the ethic that we treat every and each and every patient as if they were a member of our family. I left the practice in October to pursue further training, but left them with a sign-up sheet to put together five shoeboxes full of winter goodies for the homeless in Bedford. I went back a week later and there were five immaculately decorated boxes full up and ready to go to distribution. The box of thank you cards are still in our staff room and I hope that in time the staff will continue to honour each other as I have planted the seed and make it a truly exceptional place to work. Isn't that amazing? Honour and generosity on display in a workplace that is beginning to change the culture. It's incredible. Another story. Another of our ladies here, she's a social worker. She works with children who are, have gone through massive trauma and their carers also. And so they do a lot of work looking after traumatized kids and adults. But she realized for her team that what that meant was their needs were often left out of the equation. They kind of just had to 
just suck it up and be strong for everyone else around them. And she realized, actually, we need to be able to be authentic with each other and tell each other how we're feeling. So she said, I recently had an opportunity to lead a team meeting in which I talked about having an attitude of pace, playfulness, acceptance, curiosity, and empathy, not just with our clients, but in our team, so that we're looking after each other. I talked about valuing each member of the team and being authentic in terms of our fears and anxieties at work and encouraging each other. I bought each team member a hand cream. I guess it's a team of women. And we gave ourselves hand massages while we took the time to be open about our anxieties and then encourage each other. I'm leaving the team next week, but everyone now talks about having hand cream time, where we grab some hand cream and take time to be open with each other and celebrate each other. Isn't that amazing? Change the culture through a team meeting where she said, let's just, let's just value ourselves for a minute. This is a time for us to be open and honest with each other about how we're doing. So many other stories that I could share with you. But I just want to encourage us at the end of our culture series, let's get hold of our culture. Let's go to a new level. Let's remember it, first of all. Let's get vision for it personally, and then let's live it and see what God will do, both within us here, but also as we go out to where God has called us to have influence. And I want us just to take a moment to answer some questions together, if that's okay, because I just think it's going to be good for us to put some action behind what's been taught. And so if you're a visitor here, feel absolutely no pressure to be involved. You can just sit in a group and listen to what's being said. But there are three questions I'd love us to answer together. We might not have time to answer them all, but I think they're on the next slide. Which aspect or aspects of our culture do you need to get greater vision for personally? so that you could get convinced about living it? Which aspect of our culture are you living well at the moment and celebrate? And which aspect of our culture is the Holy Spirit nudging you to live out more in this next season? Just a few questions. We've probably got about seven or eight minutes. We've got a good chunk of time. So I want you to turn into groups of three or four. Let's make sure no one's left out because we want to be accepting. It's a great time to practice our culture. Let's turn to one another and I'm going to get some music on. And we'll just spend some time answering these questions. Go for it.